Welcome to another episode of This is FTC. On today's episode, we have Vivek Setia, founder and CEO of India on Track, uh, one of India's biggest sports marketing companies and someone who's been pushing the scene forward for a very long time now. So without any further ado, Vivek Setia. Thank you, sir. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> so, Vivek, um, just tell us a little bit more about you before we get into, you know, what India on Track does and what you do. But give us like a brief background of how you got where you are today. Sure. So, I was just like most kids, I was into sport mm -hmm. when I was growing up. But I was lucky to uh, play a couple of sport at a serious level. Mm -hmm. So, I was skating. I was skating as a national champion for five years. I was also into basketball. I was playing state level. Mm -hmm. I was playing school level cricket. Um, I was playing a little bit of football. What position did you play in basketball? In basketball, point guard, man. My height. What What else can you do? <laughs> but it's funny that how basketball has evolved so much. Like mm. uh, the positions that used to exist twenty years ago, they just. Mm. I mean, there's no power forward anymore. Like yeah. anyway, so um, so yeah, I was just playing, and uh, when twelfth kind of finished, then that was it, really. I mean, the sport took a dive and studies were mm. kind of more important. So, but I always thought that I'll do something in sport. Um, eventually. Eventually. But it was really like eventually. Mm. Meaning like I always thought that I'll maybe retire early and maybe do something more on the CSR side, supporting mm. sports or do some charitable work around sport mm. when I have the money. Um, then I became a, over the years, became a corporate slave. Um, got into consulting, was working in New York. And um, actually, I met an accident, which is which was a fortunate accident. Mm. I was hiking and I damaged my knee. Uh, took a took a little bit of a fall in a in a night hike, and that put me in a disability for a few months. Mm. So that gave me a lot of time to think what I wanted to do. I was almost thirty at the time, mm. and um, I was uh, thankfully debt free. I paid off my loans from my business mm. school in the U.S. And um, I had no commitments. I didn't have to move a family or anything. Mm. So I just decided that you know, if I don't, if I don't do this now, then who will do it? Like we always growing up used to think, India ki sports ki halat buri hai. Koi kuch karta nahi. Koi hai. kuch karta nahi mm. hai. Every four years during Olympics, I was like, would literally cry that you know, like you would make maybe get a medal or maybe not even that right. when I was younger. And um, I thought. I'm from a privileged family. I mean, we weren't very rich, but at least, you know, I knew that my yeah. parents would support me if I don't have a job. Mm -hmm. um, I was debt free. I had the will. I didn't have any other obligations really. Uh, like, why not? Mm. Right. So I decided to um, first take a sabbatical from my consulting work. Came to India for six months to evaluate the scene. Mm. Um, nobody really needed my my skills, to be honest. And I'm talking about 10 years back when only one IPL had happened. I don't think they knew what they needed. But I don't think the industry really needed any skills apart from some ops level work or some sponsorship level right. work. Um, and ops is a very experiential work. Like it comes mm. with a lot of like just on the job training. Right. And sponsorship comes with a lot of connections with marketing people and properties and for somebody who hadn't been in India for a while and had no ops experience, I couldn't really add any value to either of the two. Mm. So even though in the six months I wasn't really able to make, get a breakthrough in sports, but somehow I just decided to stick quit around. and stick mm. around. 
and then um, I got lucky with the job. Um, I was persistent with a bunch of people to a point where some of the receptionists would really recognize my voice when I would call potential employers. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky because um, one of the organizations needed a more of a finance kind of a job for. And that's something you had experienced. Yeah. Um, for a particular project and even though that project didn't work out but I, I got an entry into the sports industry yeah. and then I worked for a few couple of years and in 2013 I started my own own thing which was more around the development side of sport. So yeah we'll get yeah. to that. Um, so until 2012 you were not in any way connected to what you're doing right now? Until 2010. 2010. And then two two and a half years of being in in a job in sports mm. and then 2013 is when I started India on track. Right, yeah. but so, till 2010, yeah. absolutely no relation nothing. with yeah. the industry. 30 nothing. years of my life, yes. And then one day you just like yeah. said, thank you very much yes. and I'm, I'm back. So, you started in 2013, 2014. The company, 20, yes. yeah. yeah. Why the name India on track? India on track, man. <laughs> like India on track, you're just trying to put India on track. In every way. In every way. Mm. Um, I mean, the the oxymoron is that we actually don't do any track work. <laughs> we only work in football, yeah, yeah. basketball and, and so on. But um, but I think like one of my friends just, um, I remember back in the day I used to be active on Facebook. And I, I put a post saying any ideas on a company name. And one of my friends who knows me really well, uh, she put India on track and it just somehow stuck with me. Mm. And that was four or five years before I actually started the company. Mm. Um, Achha, like yeah, yeah. 2009 10. Yeah, when I was about to leave mm. like the US, I initially thought I'll set up something on my own. Immediately. Immediately. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then the name stuck with me and I just feel it just resonates resonates and a lot with who I what I stand for. And also what the company does. Yeah, what the company does, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what in like you've been doing it for six, seven years now, ten years maybe, yeah. if you count your job yeah. experience. Yeah. What has, how has the landscape evolved in terms of, you know, where, where the industry was when you started in the industry and where it is today? How has the landscape yeah. evolved in that sense? So, the funny thing is that even though a lot of people feel that sports industry has evolved and it has in many mm -hmm. ways, but in many ways it hasn't. Okay. Which is like very sad. Uh, so, wh where it has evolved is... Of course, we have more sporting properties, we have more leagues, mm -hmm. we have more entities, we have more tournaments, we are bidding for international tournaments, whether it's under-17 World Cup, Commonwealth Games, uh, now the Women's Under-17 World Cup and so on. Uh, we bid for uh, the Asia AFC. Cup. Yeah. yeah. So, there are definitely more action, so to speak. Um, but 10 years of more action and a lot more commercial transactions still we don't have proper professionals. Hmm. Actually, the level of people I used to deal with in 2010 and the level of people I deal with in 2020 is more or less the same. And uh, the brightest minds of our country don't want to work in the sports industry. And um, we just don't have good administrators. And we don't have um, people who can really are visionary in the organization that can, uh, are visionary in the industry that can take the industry forward. Hmm. A lot of money is spent that, I mean, yeah. but I mean, I don't really know if it's spent in the right way. 
and i think we really need to work on invest in intellectual capital for the industry to grow forward otherwise it's just going to be the same so I, it, and I, i don't see it improving anytime soon either so in terms of where we're at today you were saying the industry is like it's increasing in terms of commercial transactions but yes. it's not increasing in terms of quality capital. development yeah. is not there's there's no way it's going up yeah i mean if you look at the people who are uh, there are of, of course more jobs right mm-hmm. so because there are more organizations and there are more leagues and um, events and tournaments and so on mm-hmm. so there are more people but the quality of people is still is still poor understood and unless we have like proper mbas coming into uh, the industry or uh, people from good with good experiences cross industry experiences i think that's where we we fault the most as recruiters is that we always say is aadmi ka koi sportsman job experience nahi hai right and we start um, pe- treating people as like freshers because they just Look. have no experience in the sports industry right but what we just fail to understand is like things about transferable skills I mean, if you're a good salesman, if you can sell this shoe, mm-hmm. you you can find a way to sell a training product to, to a, a parent, school, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever, right? So, I think that's where we fall to the most. And most organizations in the sports uh, sector are looking at sports experience. Mm-hmm. And किसी को बचपन से थोड़ी आ जाएगा sports experience. Like somebody has to get into right. the industry to be able to get sports experience. And that's why some of the outsiders, so to speak, are doing well mm-hmm. because. um they also bring in a lot of other expertise right right so for example in india on track one of the things we do well is consult to international organizations on how to expand their footprint in india yeah and actually a lot of it and you see that in a very humble way but no, 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 you, work, but you work with like nba and la yeah, liga yeah but but a lot of it comes because a bunch of us have consulting backgrounds hmm. doing non sports consulting work in the past hmm right otherwise why would why would a big organization like la liga or premier league or a man city or uh, dortmund or whoever you know, what have you right? right would want to pick a company like us which is a small organization mm. there's so many big gorillas like img and right. um and jsws and all of those right and don't get me wrong they do amazing work and we all have a kind of a space for for right. us but i think we have to start thinking of skills more than just sports experience and for for operations of course sports experience is important because how do you run a sports event but that without, also happens yeah. with time right yeah. like you don't as you said you weren't born yeah. with that sport yeah, yeah. experience you absolutely. just you just kind of grow into it and absolutely and everyone who starts in the industry any industry for that matter is yeah. coming from you know bilkul a, a fresh start the only difference i think is that in the sports industry there's like formal training for the sports industry is very little in india still yeah or even if it's there it's not really like job compatible it's more yeah. book based yeah. so that's no no the, absolutely so that's one of the reasons why we um significantly invested in an institute in mm-hmm. mumbai is to focus on experiential kind of learning mm-hmm. uh, for for students and that's where we falter like our sports management institutes are not equipped to handle the the kind of the demand of for the kind of jobs that we need right. and i mean we are also by no means there but we are making an attempt to you know try to see Get what better. yeah for sure so that so you do a lot of things across the industry like matlab yeah. you're into you have a hand in education in training in in sponsorship then also like events yeah 
when you started did you think it was going to be all of these things or did you have a very idealistic approach in mind ki main to yahi karunga nahi so a lot of these things have evolved because of um, just having to survive like mm. honestly mm. this wasn't a plan um that we'll do all this and <clears throat> also on the flip side uh the fact that we were so flexible and nimble and um uh structured the way we are said it yes before us, we knew how to do it allowed us to do all this so kaam aa raha hai agar aur paise kamane hain to survive right and one thing i've like spoken everywhere i speak is the um the need that our country has to have sustainable organizations in sports mm. and to your previous question on what has improved this is the one thing which has not improved at all mm. still most sports organizations are either csr funded or charitable mm. organizations and unless we have sustainable businesses it will not work right so our, we did all of this because we just wanted a company which which can survive right right and we started with training and training stand alone was just not able, we were not able to mm. crack the code mm. um and uh, so kuch consulting opportunity i wo kar li koi chota mota event aaya wo kar liya but thankfully it evolved into now proper uh vertical long term yeah. like you know like digital and absolutely absolutely mm. but it just it was a need of the hour like we would have not survived if we hadn't like tried right. different things that yeah. i mean that makes that makes a lot of sense because you can't base an entire organization just on someone's goodwill yeah essentially if you talk about csr yeah exactly so your fate is tied to that other company earning enough profits exactly in that year if they don't then then you have a big hole without any way to fill it or yeah, without I mean, any there's so many examples like if you're into the football scene there used hmm. to be this club called jct hmm. run by a very 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 dear friend of mine hmm. um and um, the club there was no revenue there was no revenue model for i league there unfortunately still isn't hmm. and the club was competing in i league and it was just purely from the will of the heart of the promoters that they love football so much they loved punjab so much they loved developing the talent in punjab that they were running the club taking a loss every single year right and when the economy turned and when their core business was suffering hmm. it's so it's impossible to continue to take such hits right. right in just passion projects because and only if we had a more sustainable approach towards an i league or sponsorship or, or yeah. whatever it might be it would have been easier easier for clubs to su- sustain and survive mm-hmm. right i mean even now i mean if you look at most of the franchises except the ipl um franchises um it's a hit right every year yeah. every year so far so far they haven't been able to turn the coin right yeah even in leagues like kabaddi which are supposed to be cash rich leagues and right. there's good trp and so on it's it's difficult for franchises to to create value so are the leagues making money and the teams aren't or no one is making money so um if you say making money that's a different question if you say creating value i would say that's a different question mm. so um if you look at the kabaddi league they're definitely creating long term value as mm. at the league level mm. right the brand exists a lot of people know about kabaddi there's mm. good viewership they've been able to crack one or two really solid sponsorships long term right. partnerships uh and there's tremendous amount of value creation mm. now if i'm star the owner of that league i would look at the league not from the perspective of whether i made money or not that particular year right. but what can that create for me in 10 years right right but that's where the challenge with franchises is 
in a league like Kabaddi where franchises are actually not getting enough individuality. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a circus model. You go from one city to another. Right. right? So, the Delhi team is not building connect with Delhi mm-hmm. because of the way the model is. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the question the franchises need to ask. Like, fine, if we are losing money, we are losing money. But can we actually build long-term value? And, right. Right. Because at the end of the day, a club can only function if it has enough supporters and fans to Absolutely. build along and sell other services. Along so, right now, they're all reliant on how big the central deals can be right. and how much money can flow back from those deals. That and So, there's no... Individual. Which is also great, like in the sense that the Vivo deal was a big deal mm. um, and a lot of money started flowing back into the franchise. That's great. But eventually, if that franchise is not able to create a brand for themselves or value for themselves, right. what what is it really worth? You know, because then 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 there's no long term play. It's like an operational model, yeah. and you don't yeah. invest so much of your time and money yeah. into yeah. just earning like yeah. five, ten, fifteen percent here and there. I've sat in conversations where, and listen, ISL and Kabaddi are strong leagues, and they will continue to be strong. The badminton league does well, mm-hmm. and they have the right promoters. But I've sat in meetings where potential league owners will say, let's just have a franchise lose just enough money that is enough that is enough for them to be okay losing. That's the business model. You're a wealthy guy. Let's say, you lose two crores and you'll not flinch. Hmm. So, I'll have a model where you lose 12, 2 crores every year. But that's it. That, but that's it. So, so that, you know, it doesn't pinch you. But at some point, it will. Like long term. It could or it could not, depending on the personal PR you're getting or the value you're getting I and guess. so on. Yeah. yeah. Like, how did we meet? Do you remember? Mm. I've been trying to I've been trying to think about this. Yeah, I think um, I remember, yeah. There was um, I think somebody reached out to us saying you want to do something in IPL with Admiral back in the day. No, but this is before Ad, before I think we met before, before we Admiral. even started. No, yeah. no. So you guys were deciding to get Admiral at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And one of your kind of launch plans was to get it through an IPL mm. franchise, a partnership or something. And you were just exploring at the moment mm. what the cricket scene was. I guess that's, that's how. Some designer <laughs> girl who was, I don't remember the name. but Oh, we had yeah. like, we had a PR person. Mm. <coughs> I remember now. <clears throat> mm. And and you came to our Noida office. Now. Yeah, yeah. This was like, what, five, six years ago? 2014, 15? Yeah, I mean, which one year before, I guess, Admiral started. Yeah, so we started in 2015, October. Yeah, so this would be mid-2014, I guess. Yeah. Long time, huh? Six, seven years now. Uh-huh. And and from there, it just like, we've just gone through mm-hmm. so many different, yeah, you know, working also. relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. and phases. And Actually, the good, bad and the ugly, right? Yeah, yeah. Every, like, seen, yeah, all, seen the, the, all the, you yeah. know, weird phases that yeah, go along yeah. with working together. Yeah. Okay, so... Now you're pretty much like, and you're being humble, but India on track is definitely one of the biggest companies when it comes to sports marketing or any of that in the country, at least, mm, right? Yeah. Like sponsorship, you do digital, you do uh, events. No, for not so much sponsorship, but yeah, definitely digital. So I would say two verticals. One is more on the development side, which is training. Training, yeah. The other is like an agency. like Which is your core model. Like marketing training agency. is your yeah, basic core, core model, which yeah. you want to scale yes. eventually. Yes. What is, like, where do you see the inflection point between what the sports industry does? And this is including athletes, teams, so on and so forth. And what the culture, or as we call it, uh, which is, you know, lifestyle, fashion, 
uh, all of that. Like, where do you see those inflection points happening? And where do you see the Indian industry at right now in terms of that? Yeah. So, I feel, so a lot of people say India doesn't have sports culture, mm-hmm. right? And I completely disagree. Okay. India doesn't have professional sport culture. Hmm. Like, which household doesn't have kids who play, don't play, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have a ridiculous, ridiculously strong culture when it comes to recreational sport. Right. Right? Lots of parents want to put their kids in hobby classes, mm-hmm. right? Now, of course, those options are expanding mm-hmm. dramatically. But back in the day, those options were mainly around sport. Hmm. Maybe a little bit about around art or music or, hmm. you know. Um, now, of course, there's language and art and hobbies, other hobbies and so on. But I feel in the last 30 to 40 years, when some level of disposable income has increased in our country after we stabilized ourselves post-independence, hmm. post-70s or so, hmm. I think lots of kids have just gone out and play, played. Hmm. Right? We did as kids yeah. for sure. I mean, I think I have like 15 years over you and you did and I did and um, my elders did. So there was a good period of 30 years where People kids just would just go out and play. Yeah. Right? And that was such such an integral part of our culture and I believe it still is. Now, of course, the the physical play is transforming into e-sport, right? Mm-hmm. Or gaming. So, this whole thing of sport being alien to our country mm-hmm. is actually more around professional sport being alien to our country. Mm-hmm. Not like day-to-day stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I feel that's what the culture is really. I mean, forget fashion for a second. Like, mm. what is your date? What is lifestyle? Right. What is lifestyle? Your lifestyle is what you wear in the evening. It right. doesn't need to... It doesn't necessarily need to be fashionable. It needs. Right. It could be comfortable. Utility. It could be utility. Yeah. It could be what you enjoy. What what you're comfortable in. What mm. what kind of fits into what your activity is, mm. right? And that's where I think there's a great integration, mm. right? What is your what is your choice of clothing when you're going out? Right. So not going out to play. I remember when I was younger, uh, we would play gully cricket, and. Uh, in, in a sample size of, let's say, 20 players, 20 young players, we would have all different kinds of um, culture, right? right? So there were people who were like my brother who would be very conscious about like going, when they're stepping out of the house mm-hmm. to be well-dressed, mm. right? Even if they're going out to play cricket in the gully, right? right? There are people like me who are completely in the opposite spectrum. Who like, just don't care. I would be wearing whatever and I'd be... Uh, wiping my sweat from my t-shirt and yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that. And there were there's everything in the middle, right? Mm. There were there would be some guys would be like sneaker heads, they wouldn't wear about care about what they wear, but their shoes, uh, shoes were yeah. sexy. Um so all kinds of things. And of course that's evolved mm. and it's different now. But it's still a lot around um what what we go out and do, right? right. What our average day-to-day lives are. It's to me culture is not about when we are going out and dressing right. for an occasion. It's just about Culture is about what we embrace every on day, our day yeah. to day. Right? And to me, sport is also that. Hmm. Right? And that's where we focus on the grassroots side of sport. I mean, I genuinely believe you create a big enough database for anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Talent, uh, you create a big enough uh, grassroots movement, talent will be incidental. Hmm. Right? 
for sure you'll find it in you'll find it yeah. there is no way that you'll not find and this this is not for sport this is for everything hmm. we have the best engineers in the country but what we don't realize is that we have look at the volume of engineers we are producing the number of engineers yeah. right or if we have doctors or if we have um it whatever, whatever we've gotten good right? at is also a case of sheer volume absolutely yeah. right and and if we have enough people just playing right and, you have and that, then that's it and to me that's how fashion will evolve to me fashion is actually the talent side hmm. right and culture is the grassroots side hmm. so when you when you have like just things around the culture like people embracing what they're wearing and what they're comfortable in and hmm. not worrying worrying about being judged or what is good or what is defined as good hmm. then trends will evolve off of that right and you just embrace what you enjoy what you what you like what you wear and you just and that evolves as well right right i mean you made me a sneaker head i never thought i'd be i think in the last fucking 3 4 months i've spent i don't want to say it but a lot of money <laughs> buying sneakers let's hear it let's right? hear it. Now, that's a ballpark if i give like a if you, wide range if you involve the gifts <laughs> i've forced people to give me the bills will run into lakhs <laughs> so not lakhs but definitely over a lakh yeah um but that's because they are kind people who gifted me gifted me shit i i wouldn't have been able to afford it but the fact is that it evolves as well right mm. and but need to be around what you're comfortable with and I and you enjoy it. and i and think you enjoy it and i think the challenge also there is for people to be able to find their individuality because there's a lot of pressure to for others to say are ye bekar hai ye acha nahi hai ye conformity what, yeah right matlab in terms of like herd mentality and herd mentality or even just the whole concept of being acknowledged you know validation validation yeah. right so somebody else says ha ye acha lag raha hai then you just start feeling that this is good yeah. right yeah. Uh, but a lot of it is around comfort utility what you are you know what's what's something that you feel like that's that's a part of your kind of hmm. style or fabric or whatever right and i think fashion then evolves off of that in my opinion that's how culture is of course right. there's fashion and there's all of that and i respect it and mm-hmm. i don't know anything about it but i respect it but uh, yeah to me that's that's how it evolves and for me that's my that's the way i see how i wear my clothes right. this is the fanciest i'll ever be so I was coming here, so I thought I'll pick up my fanciest clothes <laughs> so that I get validation. Well, I remember, uh, except the first meeting when we you pitched. Yeah. Uh, every time else used to be chappals. Yeah, I love chappals, <laughs> and I still love chappals. But uh, yeah, sneakers are changing. Now the thing with sneakers is now I'm buying all this stuff, right? And so I'm now not. You have to wear it. I'm yeah. not the kind of sneakerhead who just save. And and there are many many like those, mm-hmm. right? They're like I have this shoe. I don't want to resell it, but I haven't worn it in four years. Like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> right so uh i'm not that guy so i want to wear it so that's why my chappals consumption has reduced mm-hmm. but even in winter like i'd be all chappals yeah i fully. remember yeah, i remember yeah, except yeah. except for the longest time when it was too cold when yeah like, whether it was too cold or sometimes when i have to pitch pitch or i have to pitch. conform to the norms of social in a, like a, a formal <laughs> meeting or something yeah gotcha now how do like and this is i'm going to ask you specific to the sports industry how do athletes and brands collaborate in today's day and age and what actually goes into the behind the scenes of that happening there's no collaboration <laughs> if you ask me at all at all so collaboration see there is a difference between sponsorship and partnership 100% and that's that's where we are right now we are selling sponsorships we are not creating partnerships 
You're not forging like long-term brands yeah, or associations. Absolutely. I mean, again, don't get me wrong. There are exceptions, hmm. but there are brands that would uh, sponsor a sporting event purely, and this is like I would say ninety percent of the brands purely as a media buy, hmm. right? Not and that's a, how they evaluate yeah. also. So if you have USC written here, mm-hmm. right? You're playing IPL. Somebody buys this lot, and they say, okay, I'm going to. Evaluate my media value that I got from sponsoring Mumbai Indians, for example, mm. right? Um, what is the media value of my logo being placed here? Right. And then you compare that media value with, with regular any, advertising. Yeah, yeah. So what if I had just advertised during IPL, for example? Mm. I would have to in order to get this much visibility, I would have paid X. But I got the same amount of visibility by being on the shirt by right. paying less or less less than X. So mm. this is a good deal. Hmm. Right? Or in the same amount of money, I get more visibility. Hmm. And where we lack is the whole concept of partnership. Hmm. Right? And this, in the sporting industry, this expands to clothing and partnerships around that as well. Hmm. Right? Um, that any kind of kitting relationships mostly are around just more media and sponsorship. Sponsorship, Not, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, of course, Puma is doing some interesting work with Virat, mm-hmm. and um, I don't personally like the products, mm-hmm. but at least there's an attempt to create. Uh, and they have, like, yeah, there, there is a certain amount of audience that they've been able to capture, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a. So that's that. HRX, the Rithik brand, the Mintra kind of uh, collaboration, yeah. so to speak. Uh, even though I feel like the way they market it is is. Not what I would have done personally, but at least they've been able to create a brand, or more than a brand, they've been able to create a business. Sustain- right? Somewhat sustainable. Right? They are making money. They are growing, yeah. and um, and um, it works for for a particular set of audience, and that's mm. and that's good. But a lot of the partnerships have been just like sponsorships. I mean, you look at what um, the Indian cricket team. Jerseys have been in the past. Like mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. I was watching the uh, the Test match right before this. I woke up at 4:54 this morning to watch the last day. And mm-hmm. um, but I have actually never spent one rupee buying an Indian team cricket team merchandise ever. Mm-hmm. And I have attended so many World Cups. I've spent so much money in traveling, watching cricket. I've right. spent money on uh, tickets and. Flights and hotels and matches and I've worked in the industry, but there's nothing. If there was more kind of a collaboration to try to meet the demands of a of a genuine fan who can spend, mm. I would have loved to purchase a jersey. Right. I'm not even saying a jersey, like something. Right? Something around it. Yeah. And I'm the kind of guy who like I travel for football and I always buy souvenirs. Like those are my memories. I might not buy merchandise yeah, or remember, like a like a jersey. Um, but I could buy whatever. So back in the day, I used to buy T-shirts, and then it became re- very difficult for me to like, keep, keep them and then be able to make use of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like even a property like that, where so much commercial value is and so much money would have been spent by the mm-hmm. the merchandise partner to get those rights and to activate those rights, and mm-hmm. there's just been like nothing and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been the case with football as well. Mm. I actually feel I've felt this several times that uh, the Indian jersey that now that you guys have is something that uh, I would 
like to buy i would have liked to buy hmm. and i feel really terrible that i asked for a free jersey from you because it's not a matter of few hundred rupees or a thousand twelve hundred whatever it is hmm. it's just that i should have shown to myself that's my way of supporting the sport right right um because i genuinely feel that that's what it is so if i can buy barcelona's jersey why not the indian jersey right now of course the kitting partner and the brand has to give me enough reasons for me to buy right. but if i do like it i should buy it right right and that's what i have decided that the next one which i'm sure you're launching soon mm-hmm. um i'm going to not ask you for for it even though you'll be more than happy to give it to me <laughs> um but i'm going to buy it yeah and i felt many times like almost every time i wear it i feel a little terrible inside that like the, if i can't support indian football myself it's just stupid like yeah i i get day. i get yeah. where you're coming from i get what you're trying to say so you think in today's like in today's industry yeah collaboration is minimal and we're only looking at sponsorship deals mostly yeah. across the board see i don't necessarily blame anyone in the in the process because what happens is that the rights holders have so much financial pressure you look at look at an isl team right, right? now there's so much financial pressure to just sustain a club yeah. right because they are they are still they're loss making they're loss making yeah. they're under they're under so much pressure now if they have a if they have somebody like let's say you guys come and say like listen we'll make this amazing range and this and mm-hmm. that and fanware and we'll do collaboration design we'll and, design yeah. blah, blah blah whatever and but because you have to invest so much in this we can't really pay you Mm. right but there's somebody else who says listen fuck all of this i'm going to just give you a plain ass jersey mm-hmm. but i'll pay you 10 lakhs on whatever x amount of money on top of it right if i am the ceo of the club it's not an obvious choice unfortunately to go with the design and the fanware and all of that there's pressure mm. right there's pressure for generating cash and any amount of cash is good cash mm. so i don't blame anyone really it's just how the market is right now right but um, but especially the teams which are profitable i feel like there is onus for them to they have don't think of they have like the responsibility if not the obligation yeah, uh, exactly. to to actually push the boundary forward yeah, you know yeah and i think that's where we're lacking like i'm a fan of delhi hmm. their devils and now delhi capital i'm hmm. a fan like i felt sad when they lost the final like i felt yeah, sad yeah. genuinely hmm. right uh, i'm a bigger fan of other franchises of other sports but definitely i'm I'm a fan, hmm. but never have they inspired me to spend one rupee on their merchandise. Right. Just because I'm a stupid ass collector, one time I bought a um, a magnet, mm-hmm. a fridge magnet, just because I needed fifty rupees. I spent, um, and just and that was their their devils at the time, mm-hmm. um, just because I needed to have something, right. um something to but they didn't really inspire i could have spent a lot more than that hmm. um but they've never inspired me to buy anything unfortunately Makes and uh, and i know that the new regime new management is doing mm-hmm. better with regards to fan development it'll take a few years for them to also kind of evolve to evolve that level to yeah. that to that but uh, yeah till now and also because delhi before this wasn't really even a team that was in contention across yeah. the board. i mean for many years it was till 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 about the first 6 7 8 years it was not even a team that was in contention first 2 3 years we were killing it man what are you talking about i mean for second year ipl hmm. hang on we didn't lose a match in the entire like entire group stages i was too young so i yeah. probably and i hate like Dude, short format sevag 
I Gambhi, hate short format cricket. I, I don't. I don't watch Dilchan. it. Like we had the we had the. No, squad, I agree. Man. But after that, from like year three yeah, onwards yeah. till about year eight, yeah. year nine, yeah, Delhi was not, not like it yeah. was just like written off right from the beginning. Yeah, we used to lose the first match and then just keep losing. Yeah, but even in those years, like people like myself that spent money going watching games. Yeah, even though we were lucky to find some tickets here or there free of cost, but still I've spent money buying buying tickets and mm-hmm. watch the games and. Yeah, but yeah. So there, there's actually genuine lack of partnerships, and you don't, you can't really blame anyone because the the industry. But is now so you different. can, right? Now, yeah. like when when the clubs actually making money every year. Yeah. They're still covering maybe like accumulated losses, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But they're still making money every year. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. So now, would you like now? Would you not say that it's almost like a responsibility to push that boundary forward? Yeah. Or to forge partnerships which. Because at the end, a club or any such property is about long-term value. Like Manchester United is valued at what five billion, four billion, something yeah. like that. But that's because they have such a large connect with the people that are across the world that yeah. follow. Like will wake up at crazy hours just to watch a game, stay awake till night, wake up early morning, and you go and see comments, right? Like there's people from Philippines, from somewhere in Africa, from India, from the UK. The UK is the smallest, like. Potential market for them. Everywhere yeah. else is where they have more. Oh. And yeah. this is only because they've, of course, there's a legacy behind it. But they've built that over the last forty, fifty, sixty years. Yeah. The thing is that you have to. <coughs> all of this can only work when you have fans who will support you even when you're really bad, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so like Arsenal these days, mm-hmm. for example. Right. Um, but who, the challenge who is. Who are you taking a shot at right now? All Arsenal fans. <laughs> All Arsenal fans. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, what team do you support? Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck I you. Don't, I mean, in Premier League, I'm very indifferent. Hmm. Um, but yeah, if I have to pick one team, that's it's Arsenal. Hmm. But I don't. My heart doesn't cry if they lose that hmm. much. Not anymore. But if I have to pick one to win, I would prefer them to win. Hmm. Anyway, but the point is that. You have to understand the pressures that a CEO has versus long-term club commitment. So what I mean by this is, you'll be in a job for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Is the reality of of how the world works. So right. This, this yeah. is what Wall Street pressure is also, right? Like if you're a CEO of a financial institution, you are judged. You are being judged every quarter, mm-hmm. right? You're judged every quarter. Hmm. now can you think about 5 years down the line it's very difficult to think about 5 years down the line when you know that every quarter you can lose your job hmm. right now the onus is in on the actual the board really hmm. right and we don't have that structure right now in our franchises it's like promoter right? saying now if i am the ceo and i know that if i do this fan development exercise it will be great for our club 8 years down the line hmm. right it will be phenomenal for our club 15 years down the line It'll change the face of our organization twenty years down the line. Right. But I'm getting fired in two years if I don't turn a healthy PNL. Right. Right. Hmm. Now, okay. The question is, am I going to spend two crores every year on fan development when my biggest thing I'm judged on is a, my PNL? Is my PNL? Yeah. And B, the fact that the number one most critical thing about fan development is performance on the pitch. It's a proven fact. Hmm. Right. It's only when you get to that United level or Arsenal level now, after 50 years of that, yeah, you of still course. have fans 
will say theek hai we are we are relegation we are close to relegation but we still but we are still here yeah um but if they get relegated then <laughs> yeah then what happens dude i have this crazy story of atletico madrid getting relegated i think it was 2012 2012 they got relegated for a year that year they sold more jerseys and more um more uh season tickets than any year in the history damn that's the that was the fan that's the fans that's just like crazy fans of atletico like mm. um and uh, that's like real support that that's, that's when you know support. you like, can't you yeah. want the you just want the team to bounce back you know yeah. uh, from that so so yeah so so the even though you would argue that the clubs who are which are making money have the obligation now or not the obligation but at least some sort of a um responsibility mm-hmm. to to do more of it and i agree mm. but i think the reality also is that um there need to be more visionary people at the board level and i think like for example bangalore does a great job with it in my opinion rcb um, or bangalore rcb RC? even bangalore mm. but uh, rcb i was talking about like they just started i think just last month they opened their first like rcb bar mm. so to speak um they have really connected well with the fabric of bangalore mm-hmm. um even though their performance is not always top notch but they yeah. have the fans and uh, so there are many factors around it of course virat has played a mm. big role abd villiers has played a big role in that and in general they they play in a certain way all of that but even the management has done a lot with regards to despite the fact that they had turbulence times with their ownership getting right. changed and all of that but they in my opinion they've done a great job i think mm. chennai um csk has done a great job with the local market building so, their so fan base yeah. so as a fan of delhi and as somebody who embraces the city as well like i feel a little disappointed like mm. and i know the new management is doing a lot more now hopefully right. in the next couple of years we'll we'll see some amazing things um but yeah that's that's where we are at and it'll it'll take much more time than we think it how do you compare it to the western system and i by western i don't mean anything but the usa where is the usa at in terms of this engagement so to speak and where are we at and what can, like what can we learn from that is mm-hmm. my my question um see it's difficult to even take that as an example i mean if you look at the gdp hmm. um i mean per capita basically disposable income disposable is of course a lot is, is yeah. just so much so much higher for them to be able to I mean, look at the tv deals you look at the sponsorship deals it's hmm. just crazy um i mean to to a point where nba jersey didn't have a sponsor till couple of years ago and now hmm. also it's like a formality it's small yeah, you know yeah. and like they don't need the money or if you look at premier league they just got rid of their title sponsor because mm. they wanted a clean clean slate they didn't need the barclays money mm. and barclays is still a sponsor but not the title sponsor mm. so it's tough to kind of even look at the those markets and see where we can i mean it's tough to even say where we can learn i think we'll mm. have to carve out our own path so to speak mm. and coming back to the very kind of the first discussion we were having of getting intelligent people in the industry that's where we falter is like we have some people who studied something and we say ye mls mein ye ho raha hai aur china mein ye ho raha hai india mm. is so unique and so different like it's not the language 
culture right. everything changes like so for example ipl been able to crack the code of people wanting to spend on tickets hmm. before ipl happened i don't know anyone who would spend even 100 rupees buying anything hmm. right maybe team india matches little bit here or there yeah. but like i was running the, the commercial side of the 2010 hockey world cup hmm. okay india was playing pakistan opening game of the world cup okay hockey our sport i had at least hundreds at least 100 people i know who could have spent any amount of money to get that experience anywhere in the world for hmm. example ask me for free tickets will unwilling to spend even 100 rupees to buy the ticket how much was the ticket 100 200 bucks that's it no way right india playing fucking pakistan in india in a world cup opener being hosted in india in a sport which is like our national sport yeah. you know and people is but ipl has been able to change that habit like people i know legit people like people spending 2 3 grand where that ticket, becomes yeah. like their monthly or even entertainment, or entertainment expense right mm. i mean people who would not normally spend that kind of money so it needs to be a lot of behavioral change mm. over a period of time but cricket is uh, cricket is interesting like the flip side of what you asked was is that if i am if i am running a club and i know that people are going to still spend irrespective of what mm. we do for them because it's cricket and because the mm. nature of how it's evolved then can i just get away with it mm. right it's a question i mean i'm not saying the answer is yes but it's definitely a question but i guess like that's why right? when that, you have just crazy following yeah. when you have enough numbers yeah. enough numbers to fill your stadiums or enough to continue to give crazy for PRPs. ipl the central deal fills that enough number don't you think so like matlab yeah. to a certain extent that's what i'm saying mm. so i mean would you want to just do more like and like theek hai chalne do chal raha hai log dekh rahe hain jeetenge to waisi fans ban jayenge hmm i rather invest in my team now of course i there's a cap to that also there's a cap to that as well but there's also like there's a lot of like lots of questions so i'm saying it just it's easy to sit from the outside and say ki yaar fan development nahi kar rahe hmm but there's actually a lot of questions to be asked of course i'm not vouching ki nahi karna chahiye hmm right कुछ अगर आप क्लब चला रहे हो तो आपका लाइक योर मेन जॉब इज लॉन्ग टर्म वैल्यू क्रिएशन एंड दैट इज ओनली कमिंग फ्रॉम फैन बेस दैट इज ओनली कमिंग फ्रॉम अ कॉज गुड परफॉर्मेंस कंसिस्टेंटली Yeah. Just because there is a certain level of connect that they've been able to build with me. Yeah. And that I don't do that for any IPL team. Firstly because I'm not a fan of short term yeah. like but short, for others there short but, format cricket. But there are fans like that. I agree. I'm not yeah. saying they're not. I'm saying the idea is to build that over a long period of time for which you're actually creating value. Yeah. Which which is to your first point about like whether they are actually yeah. creating value or or they're just they're yeah. not adding any value to it yeah and i think the goals need to be aligned whether it's the promoters and the management because as you said if if i have pressure on me ki agar ye target if i don't meet this target in the next 2 years which could be something like instead of me earning 50 crore profit i earn 60 crores mm. then i am out of a job mm. but that shouldn't like 
हाँ बट थिंक टू बी फेयर ऑल्सो इफ यू सी आई पी एल बिकम सो कम्पेरेटिव नाउ राइट लाइक थ्री ईयर्स अगो फोर ईयर्स अगो यू कुड से the bottom 3 will be these and the top 3 will be Two. these yeah and it's still continuing in somewhat in that trend but it's become so much more competitive because most of the owners have now said listen we are turning a profit i am okay if i make a lesser profit but i want my team to be competitive hmm. right or i just want to go for a win hmm. right and um, and i think the next big um kya bolte hain usko jo they the player when you can just retain auction, the yeah. auction or whatever that system happens uh, i think that will change a lot that will change a lot about ipl because a lot of teams are stuck with their players hmm. from pre new tv deal uh, era hmm. right but after the new tv deal a lot of them have money and lots of them are saying theek hai hum bhi billionaires hain ultimately i might be a smaller billionaire than you right but i'm still a billionaire and if i'm turning a profit i might as well take a smaller profit but i want to compete hmm. right i want to be able to win because it's a it's, right? it's pretty much a, like a, a sport exactly at the end That's of the day the, yeah, exactly. right um and back in the day the challenge was a lot of the other smaller clubs were saying listen i don't want to continue to just bleed money hmm. right it's okay if i don't win and there's a, there's a space for that as well hmm. right i'm going to have build a young team hmm. right or i'm going to build a team um uh, with two or three like senior players and then build something over a longer period right? of time yeah so different people are different flaws but now all of them are making money so like theek hai i'll make a little less but i want to try to win hmm. i look at what kings 11 did this year like right. at a great run hmm. and kings 11 traditionally has been a smaller club right. right and i think when the new system happens i think this year or next year hmm. i think now that they've announced the two new teams it might just have they might just wait for it so they've announced that but not not for 21 but 22 hmm. so they might just wait for the larger that thing new, but yeah. that will be amazing because everyone is in the pot now i mean hmm. apart from two or three that hmm. three players or something and everyone is in the pot and clubs can really change their teams so now you can't you won't be able to retain any yeah player. you might retain two or three but not like the five or six which hmm. which are the small options and that happen What is the craziest experience that you've had? Sporting experience. In your, no, not just like okay. So two. Work one is this. One is the sporting experience, and then the craziest experience that you had, which happened as a result of you being in the industry, and that can be anything. Like you, your definition of the craziest experience. So one is the craziest sporting moment, which I'm sure you have a few to choose from. Yeah. But uh, then this this one is just about where your work took you, which you never expected. both have have a lot like i have a bunch to choose in both but like for example in the crazy sporting experience like dude i was in pakistan watching india pakistan play cricket dude what the fuck man being able to go to pakistan like and in a city where my my parents my grandparents were from hmm. how long to, back was this this was 2003 of 3 i think 3 hmm. or 4 hmm. uh where tensions were high and we did the india pakistan five match odi series and india went there and i i catched the last game uh rahul dravid scored a century we were fucking celebrating on the streets of lahore dancing and with drums in our hands and it was a crazy experience but yeah lots of amazing ones like south africa football fifa world cup mm. um there was a game between brazil and holland netherlands and we didn't have tickets for it um we were in a city which was like 800 kilometers and the match was in the afternoon 
we just bumped into some friends from New York. They had some extra tickets. They gave us the tickets at 2 a.m. We drove 800 kilometers in the morning to catch that game. Like crazy stuff. Um, but on the sports in management Africa, in, in South, in South like Africa, two, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but uh, I think on sports management side, like I've been in meetings where I thank the fact that the sports management industry is so fuck all in India. <laughs> Honestly. What do you mean? Like, like I have less than, I have 10 years experience in the industry. I'm considered an expert. Right. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be an expert in any other industry. Mm. Uh, like if I was in, I say this all the time to lots of young students, uh, especially in our in in our institute, mm. is that if you are working in pharmaceutical mm. or uh, any, any I other know, telecommunications, yeah. the finance, this, that, whatever. Let's say okay. Let's say you are uh, a finance expert, right? And tomorrow, Goldman Sachs wants to open an office in India. Mm. And the managing director of Goldman Sachs is visiting India. And they are saying, okay, I want to pick five industry experts who can tell me mm. what is India all about. Or two industry, or one industry expert mm. to tell me what India is all about. Mm. Like, who will that Goldman Sachs chairman be talking to? Not you who has eight, nine years of experience or six years of experience. Someone maybe you're 25. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not saying you can't be the sharpest banker or right. whatever but it just the nature of the world is that you if you have six years experience it won't be you mm. right but i've sat in meetings with javier tebas talking about how to build india right uh, uh richard scudamore like the absolute legend mm. of the football industry talking about you know how to build premier league in india what you know what yes. what the league's all about and how can we do that and like stuff like that and I think if um, the fact that industry is not very mature and professional is also an opportunity for younger organizations like us to to do something cool and Grow make with a mark. It. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. Have the most amount of impact, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think people get into the sports industry just thinking that they'll make a whole lot of money right off the bat. Yeah. I think it's more about, you know, building something. Yeah. Creating something from the ground up and then being able to build that. Yeah. Because I, I think that was your reason for doing it as well. To yeah, but with. I think my, my, my thinking has evolved, to be honest. Mm. Like, I would always think in the beginning that, um, fuck the money, it is what it is and yeah. uh, follow your passion. Mm. And I think it's easy, to, easy for me to say, and so I want to like be clear, we are not super wealthy or anything. Like, I don't have family wealth where I can just live off of that. Right. But it's just that I felt like my needs were taken care of. And Always. Yeah. I think so that, that privilege that... That privilege yeah. is just tremendous, right? Like, I will have a house to sleep in. I'll have a car to drive and I'll have food to eat. And, yeah. you know... And that's... I think and, that's... Yeah. As long as that level is being met, yeah. you almost yeah. feel a responsibility to do more than just the conventional. Yeah. yeah. But then it's evolved to a point where I feel like listen, I'm doing this and I'm investing my time into this and I feel like I should be uh, fairly rewarded for my time. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I can take some hits and yep. um, take some cuts and all of that. But I have to ensure that the people who are in, invested in my organization, the people who are working in my organization, myself included, should we all be able to make a killing out of it? Why mm -hmm. not? You know, mm -hmm. and and... 
you know it's it's funny how we judge footballers for chasing money sometimes hmm. like some some footballer goes to china to play and they're like what the fuck like he's got paid 40 million and all yeah. going to china but that's what we all do for every day in our lives yeah. like i have people who work in a different city and their spouses in a different city and the parents are in different city and they're living miserably but their job is a good job and they have zero justification to make to themselves Anything or other anyone in the family or the money. society yeah. कि ये क्यों ठीक है राइट hmm. क्योंकि right? वो अच्छी जॉब है और ज्यादा पे कर रही है और अच्छे करियर प्रोस्पेक्ट्स हैं राइट सिंपल सो आई एम डूइंग ऑल ऑफ दिस बट इफ सम सम गाय मूव्स टू पीएसजी एंड नॉट यू नो वी प्लेइंग इन अ मोर कंपेरेटिव काइंड ऑफ लीग और एन एनवायरमेंट वी जस्ट जज देम एंड द सेम फॉर द स्पोर्टिंग इंडस्ट्री लाइक देयर इज एन ऑब्लिगेशन फॉर अ स्पोर्टिंग इंडस्ट्री फॉर स्पोर्टिंग कंपनी टू डू थिंग्स फॉर फ्री Like you won't mind if Airtel or Vodafone is charging money for your phone. Yeah. But अगर हम training के लिए दो हजार रुपए ले रहे हैं यार आप sports के लिए पैसा ले रहे हो. Like why, dude? I'm going to charge and if you want to pay for it, great. Not then fine. I'm not forcing you to. Yeah. But that's how the mindset has to change in in our this thing. And I would love professionals to feel that I can be in this industry and make a killing. Right. Because that's the that's yeah. that's the way that more people flow in and more you know capital flows in. Because how. how can a, an industry or even a sector hmm. sustain just by pure passion of people and to say that aapko paise nahi milenge yeah. aap sirf passion ke liye kar lo in a capitalist because ho sakta hai passion yeah. ke liye bahut log kar le but unki realities allow na kare matlab they have a fucking family to feed they have to yeah. live a life you know and it's not wrong to be able to say that i want more money even if i have a thing sorted in my life yeah like, no everyone uh-huh. like i think and this is the conversation that we all have Mm-hmm. at some point is that the amount of money you're paying to some people or you're being paid may might not be important for just the money but it's almost a a stamp of your value yeah, exactly. in that sense to the organization to what you do yeah dude and I that has you. to be fair when i first moved from the us i was 4 years away from becoming a partner hmm. okay at deloitte and 3 and 1/2 um I was on track to becoming the youngest partner in Deloitte's history. Okay, I'm Deloitte New York. Yeah, I'm going to boast a little bit here, but no, I was genuinely do. doing well. Yeah. And when I came back, I was desperate for a sports job, but कुछ मिल नहीं रहा था. So there was a guy, and four years from being a partner, living in New York, I was making good money. Living in a penthouse. Living, <laughs> no, not a penthouse, but I had a decent, I had a good two-bedroom apartment in Upper East Side and all yeah. of that. I was doing well, financially well for myself. I came back. I was looking for sports jobs. Of course, I was not expecting anything like ridiculous or anything, but you know, a living wage, decent wage, that can at least maintain a little bit reasonable lifestyle for me. Um, and I, I wasn't finding anything. Then after four or five years of four or five months of uh haggling i found a job which was for 20000 rupees in bombay 20000 rupees a month a month um, what is that like a 99% pay cut <laughs> it's like an i don't know <laughs> definitely much more than that <laughs> definitely much more than 99% <laughs> it's $300 a month <laughs> right um That was less than one day of expense in a Deloitte consultant's life, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. expense. I'm not even talking yeah, about. Yeah, like, not salary. Like, like your your uh, lunch and your yeah. yeah. But um, I was I took the job. Like I accepted the offer because I wanted to be in sports that bad. But that, but my dad told me that listen, I'm 
you've you've left your job you've come here we've, we are supporting you you do whatever the hell you want to do i'll support you through and through but don't take this job because this will kill you right because this is not what you're worth you know mm. it's just so and and thankfully like i i listened to him and i let it go and something really significantly better came my way mm. which was many x of this Hmm. and then a 99% cut <laughs> <laughs> so you started with the passion but yeah. uh, but i think the industry needs to evolve where bloody it's not just about passion like people should join the industry for the money for the opportunities for the career right like they the do path. for any other career yeah exactly well. yeah. yeah and that's the onus is on people like us to be able to build that be up be able to provide yeah, that yeah yeah uh, and we are not able to at the moment we are not no not you not know? at the same level as a banker or yeah, a, yeah. or, or a vc firm or forget any, even forget banking and consulting because there are extraordinarily high paying jobs but mm. even like a corporate job you know we are not able to get anywhere close to um being able to offer those kinds of careers yeah, to people yeah, yeah i agree and yeah. it also i think with young companies it's also a very like it's a fight for survival almost yeah, every day right? yeah and yeah. and the daily struggle is like how to pay salaries and yeah, exactly. how to how to meet expenses and how to then think of growth so over a period of time where you're able to stabilize certain revenue sources where you know okay this is sorted like yeah. this i know my basics are being met now it's yeah. just about growth and expansion is when you can actually start providing that yeah. initially it's just a lot of fight and struggle absolutely and and, um, and there's a constant battle of for companies like us that are so flexible to do anything mm. if you make a little bit of extra cash then the question is do you reinvest in something new or, or do you yeah do you kind of just sit on it because we want to we want to be a value creator we don't we don't see ourselves as he's all the profit ho gaya yeah. and sab khush ho gaye none of the investors none of the i mean i'm sure everyone will love a profit but i mean uh, but they're more like to take take yeah. it away but the vision of all the promoters and the investors is that let's keep growing and let's keep kind of creating more value so going off of that you you're someone who's raised external capital for your yeah, company yeah. right uh and i won't go too much into the specifics of how to raise and what not to raise yeah. but what is just two pieces of advice that you could give one while thinking of raising money what you should keep in mind and after you've raised any x yeah. some money what should you keep in mind just one each for yeah that. see i think the first i think the uh, when you're looking at raising i think the most important thing is in my opinion what investors look at is other is the team and the people like mm. there is no i don't think there is an idea in india today okay that has in some way shape or form not been executed somewhere else Hmm. If you look at all the big raises that have happened in the last two, three, four, five years, all the right. tech now, ed tech and e-commerce and uh, and uh, uh, hotels and I mean maybe OYO was probably one, but the concept of aggregation, like all of those, hmm. are ideas that have been imported uh, in imported in some yeah. some way or a variation of of what is existing. But the chal- but the question is about the team, the people, and being able to implement the idea in india which mm. is the biggest challenge right. right i mean uber is a brilliant idea but like only two people have been able to implement it properly or yeah. even not even i guess right but third com- competition right? right yeah so i think being true to who you are and what you stand for and if you fi- don't find an investor you don't find an investor and then you find somebody else 
but if you're true to that and um if you and what you believe in what you stand in what your story is i think that's the most like most important thing about raising funds today mm-hmm. and that completely um uh, uh it completely connects with your second question about after you raised and what and mm-hmm. i think after you raised the biggest thing is communication right and um so after we raised the second round the first year after we raised the second round we had some so there was an ongoing year and then where we kind of more or less met our targets of what we had mm. committed to the second round of investors mm. and uh, the second year we had some aggressive plans and then in that second year both gst and demonetization really Happy. hit us hit yeah. us hard like really hard and we were not able to get to anywhere close to what mm. our targets were and um one of the learnings was that as a as somebody who was kind of fully responsible for the pnl it was easy to hide right you know but uh, you know i think just to be out there and to communicate and, and to see, be able to it is because ultimately it is. people are people and people who are investing of course they want their returns but they are also like just people they understand mm. businesses and they have a different appetite for risk and you might be feeling a little like you might have a different understanding of their appetite of risk than right. their own appetite of risk so yeah those are the things but i think just to be true to who you are mm. and have that genuine story and that you know what you want to do how many people said no to you when you went to them? over 500 over 500 seriously 500. 500 yeah how much how much time did it take to raise your first round matlab from first round i was very lucky like i literally was the first person i met bought into my story yeah but after that over 500 people have yeah said no or come between back me and some of my other colleagues hmm. we would have met over 500 people because development sports in itself and hmm. then development in sports it's a risky it's a risky business yeah. Yeah. at any point it can like regulation can change yeah. like i think abhi yeah. gst they applied 5% on sports right when when the gst law was about 18 it. man i mean on training 18 different things on sports yeah. like goods was more around 5% yeah, yeah. but yeah so we got hit really hard right. because before there that no, there was no tax there was no service tax yeah. on sport sport training interesting so what is the i'm going to delve uh, into something slightly different i know you're big into spirituality and yeah. you know that's something that's very dear to you yeah uh my question is being a ceo which is a very like i wouldn't say cutthroat but it is a ruthless role in some ways yeah you know and then also being someone who is very spiritual hmm. do you see those two ideologies clash no. in your life or are they are they like complementary no i ways? think the biggest this is my now the my mission in life from this year mm-hmm. is to be able to bring spirituality to a common man hmm and this is the biggest fucking stupid challenge that the spiritual people have created not challenge this is the this is the biggest lie that the spiritual people have created that they have tried to define and create a boundary around spirituality hmm. right so let's i'll give you an example let's say you're not much into meditation or any hmm. form of meditation whether it's 
even yoga or or meditating not, or yeah. um, or even religious or any form or like you don't believe in god or you don't believe in universe or you don't believe in good let's say you have nothing to do with any of this hmm. but if i come to you and i say i'm a, i'm a friend of yours and i say listen dude i did this thing where for 20 minutes i i heard this really cool music right hmm. and i did a little bit of breathing before that and i heard this amazing track and after that i felt like i'm on mushrooms right for hmm. example right right you like fuck this is amazing you might give it a shot right hmm. for 20 minutes that's 20 right. minutes of investment of your life right right but can you see anywhere around that in your life that somebody is offering you that 20 minutes no what is happening is somebody baba is saying come to my ashram spend 12 days spend few days you have to wake up at 4:30 yeah. you have to sleep on hard floors you have to fucking clean the clean the place you have to uh, meditate for 6 hours and you're like what the hell i have no I, this is not me i'm not going to be able to do that hmm. so and then there are lots of people who might be more spiritually inclined than you hmm. right might find some some kind of fun in just sitting still for or just being in their right. own thoughts for 10 minutes half an hour hmm. you know or might just enjoy uh, a long walk in the park hmm. alone without their phones or interruptions or basically it's just about connecting to yourself so hmm. what has happened is that the whole concept of spirituality spirituality is your ability to connect with yourself hmm. right and in order to commercialize it people have actually created boundaries around it i don't need to meditate for 5 hours to be able to be called spiritual hmm. and how spirituality has just gone away from a common man this question what you're asking is a question that is the most common question but to me is the saddest question hmm because this question should not exist because spirituality should not be a a attain a this or this yeah, yeah. it should not be that i have to forego money i have to forego career i have to forego life i have to forego sex i have to forego um Anything. flirting or being or hooking up randomly to be able to be spiritual right if my if my my path agrees with it then i don't need to be having there's a no, problem there's no set mold with it there is no and that's what i hate about definitions is in general like mm. a lot of people ask me how do you define spirituality or like dude the minute you define something you're creating boundaries around it and there's no fucking boundaries around spirituality yeah. and all these ashrams and babas and sadhus even the good ones i'm not saying the people who are the bad ones are just doing crazy shit yeah. but even the good ones who actually believe in their spiritual thought and their process right even the ones who are not hoarding cash and money even the ones who are not fucking the chicks you know even the good ones they are creating boundaries around their style they are mm. thinking their philosophy and creating boundaries external boundaries for people to experience that and they say agar aapne ji 45 minute ka ek meditation li gayi to kya meditation it's like a pee wall dude it's i can do meditation for 3 minutes and i can feel amazing and that's what it is mm. right and my mission now is to be able to bring this to a common man like you can experience spirituality by running this store by drinking alcohol by banging chicks by doing whatever the fuck you want to do and still still be able to experience some of it right right then you'll have your own path and you'll find out that there's something which you were doing which you're not true to who you are mm-hmm. and then if you are find if you found that path you those things will naturally kind of fall in place mm-hmm. right if that was not who you are right and that's where that's where i feel like 
um, not just in India, globally, like all these boundaries around religions and even spirituality. Like the whole concept of spirituality was like, I don't believe in a formalized religion and I just believe in certain fundamentals, which is doing good, connecting with yourself and being able to follow your life path based on what your heart says. If you create boundaries around that, then it's the same. It's like a religion then. Right. Spirituality is becoming a religion. And every Baba has their own form of spirituality and has an own... So, so people it's ask almost me, like mini religion. People then. ask me, you Sadhguru ko follow the there's no absolute yes or no to it. Like I love some of the things he says. I don't like some of the things he says. I actually despise some of the things he says. Yeah. But that's... I don't need to form a boundary around what my spirituality norms are. And mm. they can, they don't have to adhere 100% to some person. Some other person's thought of what is yeah. right now. Yeah. You just have to be like Absolutely. at peace with them. Absolutely. And I think that that doesn't just apply to spirituality. I think that applies to almost a lot of things in life where yeah. we place things into definitions and boxes. Yeah. And then we just so try so hard to just adhere to them. Yeah. That we actually go away from the others yeah. in that sense. But also there's not much difference in like, let say if you are, we have lots of religious people in our country, mm. like, right? <laughs> and um, let's say if you are religious and I'm a religious, mm. let's say there are 20 religions out there. Mm. You're saying I'm Hindu, mm. but you're saying no to 19 others. Right. I'm just saying no to 20 others. That's the only difference. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge difference. Mm. You think that something else is not for you. Mm. I also think that something else is not for me. But I think, you think nothing is for you yeah, out but of that. Nothing, yeah. What is for me is something I have carved out, which is good, best of right. everything that you want yeah. to be. Yeah. And I just don't want to, uh, you know, conform to something in totality. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really, that's the challenge with really, with spirituality. And I feel like some of the best people in some of the best professionals in many um, uh, many of the professions are spiritual like you I can like you can look at them and you can tell that they are and they don't need to like this whole concept of tyag mm-hmm. tyag doesn't need necessarily ne- need to be about money mm. right it can be about so many so many other things and yeah. it doesn't need to exist not necessarily exist for you to be spiritual right, it's just definition that, that people yeah. have made yeah Okay, last question, Vivek, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. So two, in a, in a way, two questions. Yeah. But what is one like piece of advice that you would give to 23-year-old Vivek Sethya? And what is one piece of advice you will give to a young professional starting out today? I think the latter is much easier. <laughs> no, um, no, but we'll, we'll go with the... No, the thing one. with the former is that um, I have... I have come to terms with the fact that um, all experiences are good experiences, Hmm. right? Um, Genuinely, like all experiences are good experiences and uh, they might hurt you in a certain way at the moment. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying that that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that um, you have to just take an experience as it is like imagine if you start yelling at me right now or mm. shouting at me or abusing me abusing at me at the end of the day it's somebody speaking that's really what it is mm. right now how much i internalize your abuses and kind of get bothered by that is that's, what changes my emotion yeah. right eventually so i actually genuinely like i might sound super cliched but i genuinely have like 
I've really embraced all the goods and the bads and like, hmm. like at 24, I was at Cornell, like I was in New York at 28, 29, I came back, like I've been so, so fucking blessed, it's not funny, hmm. right? And yes, there are things that I don't necessarily, I'm not proud of and I regret and uh, maybe regret is not the right word, I'm not definitely proud of and things I could have done differently, but it's all in the stride. So, um, I don't, um, like, even though, like, I feel people make a big deal about um, careers and money. So, I'll mm -hmm. give you an example. Just say, let's say you're a big billionaire, mm -hmm. right? And you go for a holiday, mm -hmm. right? And you went on a yacht for a party, mm -hmm. okay? And you're successful in the conventional sense of success, right? right? So, you had an experience. And that's an experience a lot of people crave mm. for, right? Let's say I'm an average Joe. I saved up for a year. I went to Turkey while you were there, mm. right? And I, the time you were having a party in the yacht, I was in a backpackers hostel and having the fucking best time with fellow backpackers. Mm. You will never experience this. Yes, in principle, I don't have money to experience what you can. Right. And you can experience this. Mm -hmm. But most people are not choosing to experience this still. Right. So my experience is still, I still, that one evening, I had a phenomenal fucking experience. You had a phenomenal fucking experience. Yes, mm -hmm. you spent a lot more money than that. Mm -hmm. But I, we both were in a city having a great experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why I think people just over, overthink the rich experiences. I'm right. not saying I have nothing against wealth. And... Spirituality, in principle, has nothing against wealth. Right. Let me just be very wealth clear. Wealth is good for whoever you create. Imagine wealth. what you can do with wealth. Yeah. It all depends on that, what you, what you want to do yeah. with wealth, right? So, there's nothing wrong with wealth and I would love more money and I, I genuinely believe that this misnomer of spirituality is against money is just, is mm -hmm. just bullshit, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's not how I, at least I define my spirituality. Mm -hmm. But what I'm th saying is, it's just so much about experiences and we we tend to chase certain experiences and we tend to kind of forgo the the ones which we are... Right. right. So, if I'm in an auto, I'm having the best conversation with an auto driver and somebody else is in a Merc driving somewhere else and maybe reading a newspaper. We both are having a very different experiences. I'm not saying one is good or the other. But if you just keep thinking that I'm in Merc, that's where the right. problem is. So my genuine, like as cliche as it might sound, my genuine advice to me is like, dude, you fucking lived an amazing, when you were 23, you were doing crazy shit. I mean, do that same, like just be that. And to younger entrepreneurs, I will say, there is no dearth of good investors, good people to back you, the money that people will give you. You just need to genuinely straight stay true to who you are. Hmm. I have molded some of my, I won't say principles, but I have molded some of my thinking based on just being able to kind of raise money or appease an investor or all of that. And I, I feel like um, that's not what one needs to do. And I, I trust me, I understand the pressure when you're in a, uh, when you're an entrepreneur and you're in a startup situation and hmm. you need to raise funds or you need to do things in order to, and sometimes it's a matter of survival, like, some investors come to you and say, Ki mere ko ye ye terms hai, otherwise it's a no-go mm. and you have no other option. So you have to take a deal and, mm. and yes, you have to do things like those. But as much as you can stay true to who you are, I think that definitely always, almost always pays, pays off in the long run.
it's very difficult to take that call at that time but yeah it's yeah, the it's the hardest call but i feel it's one of those things you can't teach like har aadmi ko yahi lagega ki ye bewakuf hai ab bol raha hai because you've you've gone through that hmm. right so anyone who hears this will say you can it's easy to say now right right um but but when the pressure when i mean in your case like if you're fundraising right now and you have to kind of keep the hmm. business afloat and you have to agree to certain things yeah, you, you have, have to you do have that. to do things which which are not yeah. 100% favorable yeah. yeah but not everything in life will always be 100% yeah, yeah. favorable like yeah. you'll you'll get some good wins and then you'll take some yeah. hits yeah and that's exactly. just the way of life uh-huh. but great thank cool, you cool man thank you so much vivek um, thanks so thanks guys thank me. you for tuning in uh, i hope you got some great insights from vivek uh, vivek is a great friend and a mentor for me for the last few years now um, so thank you thank you for tuning in again just remember why we do it we do it for the culture